Good morning. I like all the fellowship going on. It's the beginning of the year, and it is so good to be in worship with all of you on this Epiphany of the Lord Sunday here at Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church. Welcome to all of all of you who are gathered here, as well as those who are joining us through our live streaming service and on WRR. For those in our sanctuary, if you will turn to the end of your pews and please reach for your friendship registry pads to note your attendance and worship today, that would be great. And for you to note the names of those sitting around you so we can continue to grow as a family of faith. If you are new among us and looking to connect deeper in the life of this congregation, Please join us for fellowship in the atrium after worship. There are members with bright yellow name tags who are eager to greet you and let you know all about the ministries here at Preston Hollow. If you're an introvert like me, there are connect cards in your pews, and you can fill out the ways that you would like to connect further in this congregation, and someone will contact you directly. There's no shortage of ways to be involved, and the back of your bulletin will provide that information to you for this upcoming week. I have several highlights. As part of our worship service today, we have a congregational meeting to hear an exciting update from your executive pastor nominating committee who've been working tireless, tirelessly on our behalf throughout this year. After that, our Epiphany Ministry has a workshop, and the time change is that it starts at 11.45 and not at 12.30. This is also the time of year where we are seeking for your leadership. If you feel like you have gifts to share or you know someone who has gifts to share, we are looking for a new class of elders and deacons to serve this year. There are nomination forms in the atrium and the front office, so please send those in. And next Sunday, I hope you'll join us for our regular second Sunday lunch, and we have a special guest that week, one of my favorite seminary professors, Dr. Witt Bodman will join us. Witt is an associate professor of comparative religion at Austin Presbyterian Theological Seminary. He's going to talk about much ado about Sharia. It'll be exciting. Friends, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us worship holy God. Sometimes on Thank you. 
star has led us here to behold and celebrate the birth of a Savior. The star has led us here into a new year filled with wonder and possibility. The star has led us here to this community of love and grace. The star has led us here to worship the God of the star, the God who leads us all. Let us worship. us and guides us, and still somehow we become wayward people. In order to begin finding our way back to God, we must trust in God's everlasting mercy and confess our desire to be made right with God and with one another. With hope, let us pray together our prayer of confession. God of the ordinary days, the festivities are over,
prophet Isaiah proclaims to us today, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Friends, hear and believe the good news of the gospel. We are saved by grace through faith. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. have spoken truth to your people. So speak to us now. Speak to us words of courage, words of comfort, and words of your coming kingdom. For your servants are listening. In Christ we pray. Amen. It's good for us to be together in one place at one time uh, as a community on this first Sunday in the new year. If you're visiting with us, we want you to know that you are welcome here no matter where you are on your journey of life, faith, or love. All parts of you uh, belong here and are welcome. We turn our attention to the Gospel of Matthew this day, to the second chapter and the first 12 verses, and to that familiar text that we've come to know um, about the three magi, or as our hymnal would suggest, the, the three kings of Orient, and how they make their way to Christ. Listen now for the word of the Lord to all of us this day. Listen, my dear friends, because this word, this word may just change your whole life. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened. And all Jerusalem with him, calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then, then Herod, Herod secretly called for the wise men, and he learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star they had seen at its rising until it stopped stopped over the place where the child was. 
When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Friends, this is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Remind us, O God, that you hover here. You hover in this very sanctuary just as you hovered over the waters of creation. So we ask that you would create afresh and anew this very day, that you would breathe new life into these ancient words, into this ancient story, that it will be your word to us here and now. And we ask, O God, that you would breathe new life into the words of my mouth and into the meditations of all of our hearts, that all would be acceptable and pleasing to you. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So my grandmother, or as you know by now, she goes by Nana. My Nana used to have a keyboard piano in her home when I was a kid, which is sort of interesting looking back on it because no one in our family plays the piano. But anyway, she had a keyboard piano, and on this piano, right there on the music stand, right above it, were several songs and the songs had dots on them, and the, and the dots correlated to keys on the keyboard. And so when we were little kids, we would go in there and try to peck like a chicken with our fingers the correlated dots on the page to the correlated keys on the, on the, on the keyboard, trying to make music. One of the songs I'll never forget, one of the songs that was displayed there forever was the hymn, We Three Kings. And you know how it goes, we three kings of Orient are. And we grandkids, especially around this time of year, we would get pretty good. Let me say, my other, the other kids got pretty good, I didn't. They got pretty good at pounding out that hymn, we three kings of Orient are. In fact, that was the only song my sister ever learned how to play, and There, for a while, she could play it without even looking at the music, and it actually sounded like the song. (laughs) Maybe you're like me. What you remember about the Magi is really shaped about that hymn. And yet, the Magi weren't kings at all. Scholars tell us that the Magi were most likely philosophers and astrologers, therefore, Magi were seekers. People who were constantly on the lookout for signs that would point them in a new direction. Seekers who would look to the heavens for a divine sign to give them a clue about the future. The Magi were seekers. And so when they saw a new star at its rising over Judea, over the Jews, they took notice. and They discerned that a new king had been born. Where do you go when you think a new king has been born? 
You don't go to a manger. You go to the place of kings. The palace. And so the Magi don't go to Bethlehem. They go to Jerusalem, to Herod, and to his palace, expecting to visit this new king. And Herod was a fierce leader. He struck fear in the hearts of many in the land. New Testament scholar Tom Long says, The Magi going to Herod's palace is like one of us going to the Kremlin in Russia and asking Vladimir Putin, So where is the new leader of Russia? (laughs) It didn't go well. Herod's not real happy to hear that there's a new leader in the land. These magi, these seekers, were looking for signs. They were looking for signs of wonder that would point them on a greater path. And when they received one in the form of a star, it caused them to look back on everything they thought they knew. It made them look back on their tradition. It made them recall their knowledge made them turn to the spiritual writings, and it called them to discern what was right before them. Their future was shaped by the new star at its rising, and it set them on an entirely different path. An entirely different path towards Christ. On this uh, first Sunday in the new year, I believe that we are provided the same opportunity like the Magi, We're provided the same opportunity to look back on all that we think we know, on all that we have seen and experienced in this last year, so that we might find a new way forward in our lives and in our world in the new year that is to come. I think we learn much about what the Magi brought with them to the manger, but I think we also learn a lot about what they left behind. And I think if we dig into this text a little bit, this text could be for us a guiding light, pointing us forward in 2019. I would like for us to spend just a few moments this morning considering the three things the Magi left behind and the three things they brought with them. If you have a pen, I would invite you to take it out. I want you to jot these down in your bulletin. Feel free to take out your cell phone. You could even make some notes in there. You could live tweet this if you want. (laughs) First and foremost, the first thing the Magi leave behind is Herod. Think about it. They leave behind the person that pointed them to Bethlehem. (laughs) They would have never gotten to Bethlehem without Herod saying, go. And let's be clear, Herod was dishonest. Herod is seeking his own power. Herod will manipulate anyone and anything to get his way. The Herods of our lives and our world are the same. The Herods of our lives and our world are only interested in their own power, and they will manipulate anyone or anything to get it. So who are the Herods of your life? Who are the Herods of our world? The next question is the much harder question. What parts of our own lives 
reflect Herod-like behavior? Where in 2019 do we need to be less like Herod and leave our Herod-like behavior behind so that we can be more truthful and vulnerable and transparent? First thing they leave behind is Herod. The second thing they leave behind, I think, is fear. The Magi leave fear behind. They didn't fear going to Herod. They didn't fear not giving Herod the information when they had it. No, they trusted the dream they had warning them to go home a different way. These Magi went forward in faith, plotting a path different than the unjust path that Herod wanted them to take. How often, my dear friends, do we let fear drive our decision-making? How often do we allow the fear of others to shape how we are to live in the world? How often does fear influence how we see the world, see our neighbor, see one another? How often do we listen to our fears rather than listen to our dreams? What if, like the Magi, we sought to leave fear behind in 2019? The third thing I think the Magi leave behind is perfection. Think about it. The Magi's interpretation of where to show up wasn't right. They showed up at the Kremlin. They showed up at the palace. And yet, they were being faithful. They trusted what they saw. They trusted what they discerned. And they sought to be faithful. And yet, they didn't get it right. But get this. God worked through them anyway. God worked through that encounter for a greater purpose. God worked through their imperfect interpretation. How often do our standards of perfection hold us back from ever taking the first step into something? Maybe I'm the only one who gets held back with that. How often do our standards of perfection keep us from seeing any good in the other? What if we sought to leave behind our standards of perfection in 2019? What if we left that behind and made faithfulness our goal? What if we joined the Magi this year and leaving behind the Herods of our world and the Herod-like behavior in our lives? What if we left behind fear? And what if we left behind perfection? And what if we brought with us the three things the Magi bring with them? Not gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I think something much deeper than that. What if we brought the very first thing they brought, a sense of belonging? The Magi trusted that they belonged to God's story, and they trusted that their story was part of a greater story. And let's be clear, the Magi weren't always in the lineage of folks who felt like they belonged. These were mystics, astrologers, philosophers, outside the Jewish tradition. 
What if we trusted, like the Magi in 2019, that we belong to God? Therefore, if we belong to God, all people belong to God. And we sought to live like we belong to one another. What would change in our daily interactions if we felt like we belonged to the clerk at the grocery store? Or the person who happens to drop off our mail at the office or at our home? How would our offices and our classrooms and our courtrooms and our operating rooms be different? We sought to live like we actually belong to one another. The second thing I think that the Magi bring with them is a spirit of generosity. The text says, upon entering the house, they paid him homage and opened up their treasure chest, and they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When they entered the house, everything that mattered, everything that had previously mattered, got redefined in the presence of When they entered the presence of Christ, everything they thought they most treasured got redefined and they understood what was in their treasure chest could be used for a greater purpose beyond their own lives. What if in 2019 we sought to live a spirit of generosity with what we treasure the most? Our time? our opinions, our families, and yes, even our gold. What if we were more generous in 2019? And the final thing I think they bring with them, and it jumped right off the page for me this week, and I hope it jumped off the page when we read it. They brought with them overwhelming joy. When they saw the place where the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. When was the last time you were overwhelmed? Some of you and us were overwhelmed just getting here this morning. <laughs> Some of us were overwhelmed this past week when we had to go back into the office on Wednesday. Everyone else who had a vacation, I hope it was lovely. <laughs> Some of us were overwhelmed because our families broke the three-day rule when visiting over the holidays. <laughs> yes, fish does stink after three days. Right? Question is, when, when was the last time you were overwhelmed with joy? Friends, I have come to believe that the only way that we can be overwhelmed with joy is if our lives are oriented to the holy that is around us all the time. I mean, it's easy, isn't it, to, 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 to pick up the newspaper, or to flip on your computer screen, or open your phone every morning and only see bad? It's easy to walk down the street and, and only see fear and negativity. My dear friends, do you know that there is an entirely different way to live? There is an entirely different way to live this life, I promise. 
a way in which, by the grace of God, we can see our lives in the world in a completely different light. To see the ordinary holiness that is around us all the time. It's everywhere. The holiness of of getting your kid out of the car seat and taking them by the hand and walking them into school, that is pure holiness. The holiness, if you're a grandparent and you call one of your kids and your grandkids happens to answer the phone, that feeling that you have is you being overwhelmed with joy. It's pure holiness. Grandkids, it's around you all the time. When when you visit your grandmother and you go on that afternoon walk and all your grandmother can tell you is about a 55-year love affair that she had with your grandfather, that's holiness right there. All of you people who were in medicine, you doctors and you nurses and PAs and techs, folks who push people in wheelchairs. Do you know that you're surrounded by holiness all the time and you're so used to it that it becomes normal? To open someone's chest and to give them a new heart and to squeeze new life, if that doesn't reek of holiness, my friends, I don't know what does. Holiness around us all the time. Uh, A storm comes in, knocks out the power. You have to sit in silence for the first time and as long as you can remember. Richard Rohr says, silence is the language of God. Any other language falls short and is mere noise. Holiness around us all the time. I saw it the other day. The person at the coffee shop paid for everybody's drink in line behind them. Holiness. What if we we brought overwhelming joy with us into 2019? We did a memorial service here at the church yesterday. We've had a lot of memorial services. It's been a tough season for our community of faith. There are a lot of people in our community that are walking in the shadows of death right now. But I was reminded yesterday, we had a memorial service. The family said, print 35 bulletins. It'll be plenty. 150 people came to that memorial service. Uh, I got to tell you, they don't teach you how to use a printer in seminary. we figured it out. The family was overwhelmed with joy. They walked into this space and 150 people surrounded them and loved them and put flesh on that promise that nothing in this life, not even death, would cause us to be separated from the love that we know through Christ Jesus our Lord. Holiness made manifest in people who merely showed up. Oh, friends, what if we brought, what if we brought that with us into 2019? What if we could leave behind the Herods and the 
fear and the perfection? What if we could bring with us this sense of belonging and generosity and joy into our everyday lives in this new year? I believe, I believe with every fiber of my being, if we can bring these three things, we will see our entire lives, we will see the whole world in an entirely different light. A light that shines because the Christ child has come. The Christ child has come to bring good news of great joy for all people. For our God has taken on the flesh. O oh, star of wonder, star of might, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to the perfect light. May it be so, my dear friends. Amen. Having heard the word read and proclaimed, let us rise together in body and spirit and say what it is that we believe. Church, what do you believe? We are certain that Jesus lives. He lives as God with us, touching all of human life with the presence of God. He lives as one of us with God because he shares our humanity and has bound us to himself in love. We have an advocate in the innermost life of God. You may be seated. Children of God, we believe that God longs to hear our prayers. And so if you have a prayer of joy or concern, we invite you to share those with your pastors and with your deacons. There are prayer cards before you Fill those out and place them in the offering plate as those come through during that time of the service. We have those we are holding in prayer this week. I invite you to take a look at the pair of letters that are, that are sitting right underneath the windows outside of the north transept. Please stop by and let your signature be a sign of hope for someone in need this week. We want to remember this week the family of Sean Martin who died last week, and we celebrated her life here in the chapel yesterday. We also hold in our prayers the family of Anne and Terry O'Hara on the death of their son, Patrick, as well as the family of Ken and Kathy Ann Cruz on the death of their son, Ike. A memorial service for Ike will be held at the chapel of St. Mark's School tomorrow at 3 p.m., we also want to celebrate that our college students have returned safely from their college retreat at Montreat, and we're grateful for the journey that they had of faith together. Friends, let us go to God in prayer. God of wonders and wanderers, the majesty of this universe reflects your very being snow-capped mountains, and shooting stars. People from every corner of this planet all bow to you as our creator. 
On this day, we join the long lineage of people who have searched for you, for we know that we are in need of you. The brokenness in our world and in our lives beg for you. Your people are pained by death, by disease of mind and body, by war and devastation, by extreme inequities, by poverty and hunger, by divisions and divorce, and by the burdens of stress that stifle the overwhelming joy you long for us to know. Yet in the midst of heavy darkness, there you are, a steadfast stream of light casting upon us your glory. In our search for you, we lift our gazes and we meet one another's eyes. We catch rays of your presence and the kindness of our neighbors, our teachers, our friends, and random strangers. Together, we point upwards towards the heavens, and we see glimpses of your goodness and the brightness of the sun, the moon, and the stars. With courage and strength of community, we feel the warmth of your unending love because we know now that we belong to you, and we belong to one another. And so it is with faithful foolishness that we have the audacity to pray for ourselves, to pray for our neighbors and our enemies, to pray for the healing of this world you love oh so much, and to pray as your son taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Like many healthy habits and disciplines, the spirits of gratitude and generosity can be cultivated by simply practicing them. And so we are invited to give back each week to the God who has freely given to us. Our Every Dollar Counts offering this month will benefit Promise House, a nonprofit organization here in Dallas whose mission is to care for youth in need of a safe and nurturing place to call home. For 34 years, Promise House has opened its doors 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, welcoming children and teens and families in crisis, guiding them to healing and wholeness. Family of God, let us give of our tithes and our offerings.
us pray. Spirit of the living God, receive these gifts into your care for all your children. May they be multiplied and spread throughout the world to feed the hungry, heal the brokenhearted, and restore hope to all your people. May all we offer back to you, O God, glorify you and honor you forever. Amen. You may be seated. Let me say before our congregational meeting begins, uh, if you're visiting with us today, this is what you need to know. Uh, part of being Presbyterian means that we believe that every person has a voice, and that when we live out those values, that sometimes makes things more complicated. And so we get to do all of our business together in community so that the Holy Spirit can work through all of us, um, no matter where we come from, no matter what our backgrounds are. And so we will move into a time of family business now, and you need to know that's what we're up to. As we uh, begin uh, our congregational meeting, I'd like to call us to order and open us with prayer. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us, mold us, fill us, use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Amen. At this time, I'd like to ask our clerk, Mr. Jim Finley, if we have an adequate number to establish a quorum for our meeting. Yes, Mr. Moderator, we do indeed have a quorum. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Uh, my dear friends, uh, before we begin, I would invite all staff persons, if you are on our clergy team or a staff member of the church or a family member to depart the sanctuary at this time, uh, we will be uh, having conversations around staffing changes here at Preston Hollow. So thank you for doing that. The purpose of today's meeting is to receive a report from our executive pastor nominating committee and to take any action related thereto, including addressing resulting staffing changes. I'd invite our ushers at this time to come forward and to begin handing out our printed material. Our business, uh, friends, today is a bit more nuanced than it is for a congregational meeting, and it is our hope that the following handout will be helpful in guiding our meeting and our time together. To begin our meeting, I'd like to call on Elder Dan Lormer, who is the chair of our executive pastor nominating committee and a member of the Preston Hollow uh, Staff Committee to present his report. Dan. Thank you, Matthew. Good morning. Good morning. Let me try that again. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. At congregational meeting September 17th, 2017, the congregation elected the executive pastor nominating committee of Diane Brown, Reagan Drake, Ann Smith, John Livingston, and myself to search for the next executive pastor at Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church. Our work began immediately, meeting with Presbytery leaders, consulting with the PCUSA's Church Leadership Connection, a database of possible uh, candidates, speaking with Ted Wardlaw, Craig Barnes, Tom Court, our own Blair Money, and many others in the Presbyterian uh, leadership uh, uh, capacity as well as beginning to reach out to churches similar in size and context as PHPC. This is what we learned through our network. One, 
We have a great team at Preston Hollow, and we have much to be thankful for. Our team is highly thought of nationally, and we are blessed to have such gifted leadership across our entire ministry platform. Two, the executive pastor model is being re-examined nationally. We learned that our, that our work, that churches that have utilized this model are beginning to rethink its effectiveness. We also learned that many churches have let go of this model entirely to pursue different leadership approaches that allowed for more programmatic staff support. And three, there's a leadership gap in the PCUSA. Potential candidates for this position are now being called upon to serve in head of staff roles in our denomination. As this work was ongoing, we also invited each person on our pastoral team to meet with us. As an EPNC, we knew the executive pastor hire would be critical to the work of our existing pastoral team. We wanted to learn from them what they most needed in this position, as well as what they believed the best skill set and personality type was most important. We heard time and again how much our team enjoys working together, and also that certain persons on staff possessed the skills we were in search of. After meeting with several outside candidates and through much prayer and discernment, we felt that we had not found the right skill set nor the best fit for our church. The EPNC then had conversations with our own Sarah Johnson and Mark Brainerd. The level of conversations we had with Mark and Sarah were different than any conversations we had had with outside candidates. Their skill sets are more refined, their experience level richer, and there was an ease in connecting with them. It became clear to the committee there are gifts on our current team that were not to be found outside of our system at this time. In keeping with Presbyterian polity, we felt we were to move forward with internal that if we were to move forward with internal candidates, that was a conversation for our own staff committee rather than our search team. We made the staff committee aware of our, aware of our work, and in November, the staff committee officially reviewed the new leadership approach as it pertained to the executive pastor and concurred with the EPNC that a new approach could benefit Preston Hollow at this time in our ministry. At that point, the work of the EPNC concluded and the staff committee worked to finalize the proposed model, meeting with Grace Presbytery and working closely with Matthew. I would like to pause for this time and thank the EPNC, John, Reagan, Ann, Diane, thank you for your tireless work and commitment. It has been a privilege and an honor to share ministry with each of you and I'm forever grateful. This concludes my report on behalf of the EPNC, Mr. Moderator. Thank you, Dan, for your report. Um, I would turn to the body now. If there are any questions uh, for Dan as they pertain to the EPNC, uh, if you have questions about the handout, and uh, particularly pages two and beyond, I would ask you to hold your questions at this time because the next report will delve into those. Are there any questions from the body about the work of the EPNC or the report that Dan has given? 
Having seen none, I would like to now call upon Dan Lormer, who is the session representative to staff committee, to give a report from the staff committee and to present the handout and the motions thereto. I'm back. <laughs> um, thank you, Matthew. Now, on to the proposed new model. As you will see outlined begin beginning on page two of your handout, the proposed model takes core competencies of the executive pastor position and divides them between our own Sarah Johnson and Mark Brainerd and changes their titles to senior associate pastors. Both Mark and Sarah possess the experience and leadership skills needed to help support Matthew in furthering the mission and ministry of Preston Hollow as we move forward. In the proposed model, Sarah Johnson will become senior associate pastor of adult learning and engagement. Sarah would keep her current responsibilities of adult learning, but would add new responsibilities, which are member engagement, new members, and new ministry development. Sarah will also be responsible for primary leadership at Worship at Five. That's upon the completion of Jesse Lightwell's residency at Preston Hollow. In the proposed model, Mark Brainerd will become senior associate pastor of congregational care and administration. Care remains an integral part of Mark's call at PHPC, and he will continue to lead the care team. Mark's new responsibilities include all administrative needs as they pertain to ministry of PHPC. He will be respons responsible for Sunday morning logistics, weekly planning meetings, as well as any ministry administrative needs that emerge. Mark will also serve as the supervisor for the Moni Pastoral Resident. The staff committee recognizes that these new responsibilities will require further ministry support for Mark and Sarah. The staff committee has done a full review of our administrative support system as well as assessed program needs. The session has approved two new positions that will help support Mark and Sarah in their new ministry responsibilities. They have approved an additional parish associate for congregational care, the Reverend Dr. John Roper. He will join Bob Poteet in providing care and weekly visits to our members. The staff committee also approved a new connections coordinator to replace our vacant director of membership position. That position has been filled and we will have an announcement in the coming weeks. After receiving approval of this new model from Grace Presbytery's Committee on Ministry, the staff committee presented the senior associate pastor model to the session at a called meeting on December 16, 2018. The session approved this model and has brought it to you today for your approval. The staff committee in the session feel this is the model that Preston Hollow needs for the future ministry that is before us. We are excited to present it to you today. Given time restraints of a congregational meeting, a town hall meeting will be held on January 27th, following 11 o'clock worship. To provide additional information to this ministry model and other staff additions. This concludes my uh, report, Mr. Moderator. Great. Uh, friends, it's been a busy November and December behind the scenes here at Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church, as you can tell. 
I would like to thank uh, Dan Lormer for his ministry and his investment here at Preston Hollow. As you can tell, Dan has been really busy, as well as our staff committee and our EPNC, and I want to thank them. Before we uh, take up, I can do that. I so want to make a joke about clapping in worship from the choir, <laughs> but I will do it. Friends, uh, before we delve into these motions, I know that we have given a lot of information to the body. Are there any uh, questions that are before us? Yes. Thank you. Uh, the question was, will there be a change to the terms of call uh, in regards to compensation? That is the motions that are before us um, that are coming up next. So we'll present those to you in one second. But yes, because responsibilities have been increased for sure. Other questions that are before us as a body? Question. Yes, sorry, Jim. So there was a question uh, from Jim and the choir uh, in regards to Trey Angel and his compensation and uh, regards to uh, his title change. Um, the congregation doesn't approve Trey's uh, compensation package because he's not um, part of the clergy team. He's not part of the Presbytery. Trey, in fact, has taken over his new responsibilities that you see on the back. Uh, when Paul Seelman, our former executive pastor, transitioned, uh, 16 months ago. Trey has been living in to this new model and this new responsibilities and Trey uh, also his uh, compensation was increased uh, this past year. So Trey has um, already been addressed by staff committee and uh, by the session. Great question. Let's say yes. Yes. But I'm a preacher. I can't just say yes. <laughs> Any other questions from the body? Great. Uh, let's uh, present the motions. Dan, will you present the motions before us? Yes, thank you. Uh, before I present the, uh, the first two motions, I would like to give context to the numbers you'll, you will hear. It was important to the staff committee that the increased compensation to Mark and Sarah be equal, given their responsibilities grew equally. To that end, we felt a $12,000 annual increase to their current salaries was appropriate. The difference in their salaries is merely reflective of prior position salaries, which took into account previous job experience and years in, of ordained ministry that were previously approved by the congregation on our July 29, 2018 congregational meeting. Therefore, the PHPC staff committee moves that Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church approve a title and responsibilities change for Reverend Sarah Johnson from Associate Pastor of Discipleship to Senior Associate Pastor for Adult Learning and Engagement, effective December 17, 2018. The terms of call are an effective salary of $86,000 with the total cost to church of $128,944. The PHPC in second, the PHPC Staff Committee moves that Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church approve a title and responsibilities change for Reverend Mark Brainerd from Associate Pastor of Congregational Care to Senior Associate Pastor for Congregational Care and Administration, effective December 17, 2018. The terms of call are an effective salary of $90,000 
with a total cost to church of $136,262. Friends, these motions come from a committee. They do not require a second. Uh, we will now enter into a discussion phase of the motions that are before us. Let me uh, just speak to a question that you may have. Why are we approving terms of call that go back to last year? Uh, we are doing that because I have called upon Mark and Sarah to take on additional responsibilities after the session voted, and we would like their pay to reflect that for the time that they gave us retroactively. So that is why you may see the December 2018 date in this motion. Are there further questions that are uh, before us as relate to these two motions? Everyone ready? Uh, there is. Oh, yes. Great. So Heather uh, asked whether or not the increases of the two new program staff, as well as the increases for these, um, for Sarah and Mark, would be greater than the budget in the staff committee. What this model allows us to stay within budget and actually address some ministry needs that we have not been able to previously address given budget constraints. So uh, we are able to do this within our current budget, and it's not greater than the cost for an executive pastor. That's a great question. All great questions. Anybody else? Ready to vote? Call for the question. Great. Call for the question. Thank you, Greg. All those in favor, please say yes. Yes. Any opposed? Motion carries. Uh, we now have one final motion. Dan? The session of Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church moves that the executive, executive pastor position be dissolved as well as the executive pastor nominating committee. This motion uh, comes from committee, does not require a second. Let me speak to it for one second. Uh, why are we dissolving a position? If we do not dissolve the position, then we have to pay vacancy dues. If you would like, a, a, like an hour-long presentation, John Hamm will be available following worship this morning. <laughs> as to board a pension, vacancy dues, and he can fill you in. Uh, we would then, if we dissolve the position, we also need to dissolve the EPNC that was searching for said position. I would like to pause and just take a moment of privilege and thank our EPNC for their work, their prayers, and their time. The motion now stands before us. Are there questions from the body? All those in favor, please say yes. yes. Any opposed? Motion carries. Friends, there is uh, no further business that stands before us. I would entertain a motion to adjourn. Is there a motion? Great. Is there a second? Great. Let us pray. Gracious God, you have called women and men into ministry throughout the generations of this church, and so we thank you for your call and for your spirit that is alive and at work through this community of faith. Thank you for the tangible ways that we feel your presence, and we pray for the future of our church, for our leadership and our ministry, and we pray, O oh God, that your vision would be made known to us and that we would step out into the light to follow where you lead. So thank you for the gift of this time. For we pray in Christ's holy name. Amen. Friends, may we now stand and sing our closing hymn, hymn number 744.
is a different way to live in this world. There's a different way to see. May we be people who see in a different light this day and each of the days of our lives by the grace of God. So as we go forth from this hour of worship to be the church in the world, may God give us the grace never to sell ourselves short, grace to risk something big for something good, grace to recognize that the world is now too dangerous for anything but truth, far too small for anything but love. So may God take our minds and think through them. May God take our lips and speak through them. And may God take our hearts, each and every one of them, and set them on fire. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all and guide us in all our many, many ways. Amen.